0: This is The Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as The Beat Generation. Welcome to The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Productions, Townsville's Triple TFM and the Community Broadcast Association of Australia. The show got its name from the 50s writers that inspired so many musicians. Each week we'll look into music and artists throughout the years that have changed the face of the musical landscape. A full song listing can be found at our Facebook page, forward slash music that changed the world. And a podcast of this show and past episodes can be found at Apple and Spotify, along with some of our other shows, including The Bad Boys and Secret Men's Business. Check out our shows, and if you like what you hear, then leave a review. So sit back, put your headphones on, crank up the dial, and journey with us this week as we take a look at the Age of Aquarius. I'm Shane Bryan and this is The Beat Generation. It was 1969 and the Summer of Revolution was about to be replaced with the Summer of Love. The ideals passed on by the Beat Generation started to move away from protesting about the outward issues and started to look inward at ourselves. There was a spiritual revolution happening as the Love Generation began to take hold. It was the East finally merging with the West, the period of Transcendental Meditation, LSD, Free Love, and the time that Timothy Leary became the voice of the beat generation with his famous words.
1: Turn on, tune in, and drop out.
0: Disillusioned with the protest era, artists like Bob Dylan and his message of revolution were being replaced with a much more peaceful way, tune in to yourself. It was known as the age of Aquarius and no song has become synonymous with the generation of love than the song of the same name by The Fifth Dimension. Originally heard in the musical Hair a couple of years earlier, this timeless song is a fitting start to this week's beat generation and a look at the age of Aquarius.
2: 1969
0: 1965 was the year that we started to find peace within, with a massive influence coming through from Eastern mysticism. One song that started it all was ironically released by one man who was the voice of a generation, just not this generation. Bob Dylan disliked the hippie culture so much that he refused to attend Woodstock because of all of the dropouts and druggies that were gathered outside of his house, 40 miles from the Woodstock event. Yet he still took the time to write the song, which started the revolution. Mr. Tambourine Man. The same year as Dylan's release, The Birds released Mr. Tambourine Man to the new hippie culture, and the song was the start of a new brand of folk rock, influencing other bands like The Animals, The Searchers, and even George Harrison. In terms of conscious music, this was no exception, encouraging the listeners to search for religious inspiration. Whether it was about Jesus Christ, any number of gurus, or even LSD, it's kind of unclear. However, the song itself continues to be inspirational as a symbol of change towards a personal salvation. You're listening to The Beat Generation and this is The Birds with Mr. Tambourine Man.
2: 1965.
3: Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man Play a song for me I'm not sleeping
4: on to my own parade Cast your dancings, fill my way I promise to go under
3: it Hey, Mr.
4: Tambourine Man Play a song for me I'm not sleepy yet There ain't no place I'm going.
3: jingle jangle morning
0: i'll come following you in 1966 the east was filtering into the west with the introduction of an instrument which has become iconic in the age of 60s sound the sitar still heard in a lot of music today especially within yoga circles the person responsible for bringing it to the west was ravi Shankar. Introduced to the Beatles at a party by the birds, the love affair with Ravi and his sitar became well-documented, none more so than George Harrison, who invited Ravi to play on many Beatles tracks, the first being the groundbreaking Norwegian Wood. Also introduced to Ravi Shankar was Rolling Stones founder Brian Jones, who followed suit, playing a spooky reptilian sitar riff on Paint It Black, the first number one single to feature the Indian instrument. A song dealing about the loss of a loved one, however, symbolising the state of the political landscape and the desire to no longer be part of the war generation, Painted Black painted a bleak landscape of the future that was to become overcome with the introduction of the hippie 60s and the age of Aquarius. Here are The Beatles with Norwegian Wood and Painted Black by the Rolling Stones on the Beat Generation.
2: 1966.
5: goes I see a line of cars and they are painted black with flowers and my love will never to come back I see people turn their heads and quickly look away like a newborn baby it just happens every day I look inside myself my heart is black I see my red door I must have it Into black Maybe then I'll fade away And i have to face the facts It's not easy facing up When your whole world is black No more will my green signal Turn a deeper blue I could not foresee this thing happening to you. If I look hard enough into the setting sun, my love will laugh with me before the morning comes. I see a red door and I want it painted black, no colors in us in Oh,
0: The influence and appreciation of Ravi Shankar was travelling across the UK, Europe and into America. It was several years later, however, in 1971, that George Harrison and Ravi Shankar held the well-known concert for Bangladesh. Ravi and his team appeared on stage and the instruments required tuning. And the only people who could tune them were the Indian players. Upon completion of the tuning, 20 minutes later... The audience stood up and applauded, to which Ravi replied, Thank you. If you appreciate the tuning so much, I hope you'll enjoy the playing more. The concert for Bangladesh became an inspiration for future events like Live Aid, and it brought a who's who of music to Madison Square Garden. 40,000 people with $250,000 raised, as well as some classic tracks including the first performance of George Harrison as a solo artist. This version of Wawa is considered by many as superior to his studio version, recreating the signature Phil Spector wall of sound in a live setting. With a growing devotion to both meditation and Hindu faith, George Harrison hit out at those around him who were distracting him from his spirituality with their Wawa sound of petty squabbles. Here is Wawa from the concert of Bangladesh by George Harrison and friends on the beat generation and a look at the age of Aquarius.
2: 1971.
0: While Ravi and George embraced the hippie era, Ravi secretly despised the hippie culture for misunderstanding his art and his culture, yet he didn't stop them. When Ravi arrived on the scene and performed at the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967, the cosmic 60s had well and truly begun, and all things Indian, from yoga and transcendental meditation to Nehru jackets and madras shirts became the latest rage. 1967. ...brought to our attention such phenomenal artists like Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, The Jefferson Airplane, The Grateful Dead, The Doors and The Moody Blues. The psychedelic San Francisco sound and the spread of LSD opened minds everywhere to new possibilities. Concept albums like Sgt Pepper had us leaving our turntables on 33 instead of 45. Concerts like Monterey Pop were huge happenings where the audience became part of the show... And then there was the summer of love. To be alive and part of this scene was something very special. It forever changed the face of music, society and our lives. 1967 was also the year that a giggling little guru appeared on the scene that changed so much in conscious music that you can only wonder what the Beatles would actually sound like now if they hadn't met Guru Maharashi Mahesh Yogi. Also meeting the Maharashi was young artist Donovan, who made a lasting impression on the artist, helping him through his growing drug problem. His interest in Transcendental Meditation inspired the song written in 1967, Hurdy Gurdy Man. It's part about Maharishi explaining how it eventually reawakens you, and the song is also based in part on Maharishi's commentary on the Bhagavad Gita. The Hurdy Gurdy Man is the one who reawakens the knowledge. With a special unreleased verse written by George Harrison, Here is Hurdy Gurdy Man with a live recording in 2007 as a benefit for the David Lynch Foundation of Consciousness-Based Education and World Peace.
6: And as we wind down
2: 2007
0: to the end of
6: our show The show that everyone knows is the inner world I wrote this song in India when I was there with four Beatles and one beach boy and Mia Farrow we were there to rediscover meditation the Beatles and I and Mike we brought it back to the West whole generations would now be able to dive deep down within. George Harrison in India there, he picked up his guitar and he said, I could write a verse for that song, Don. And he did. And tonight I will premiere the long lost verse of George in this song. But the song is the hurdy-gurdy man. <laughs> Thrown like a star in my vast sleep, I opened my eyes to take a peek, to find that I was by the sea, gazing with tranquility. Tis then when the hurdy-gurdy man comes singing the songs of love. Then when the hurdy-gurdy man Come singing the song of love. Hurdy, 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 Humanity, the crying of humanity, tis then when the hurdy-gurdy men, they come singing the songs of love, then when the hurdy-gurdy men, they come singing the song of love. we
0: Well, that was Hurdy Gurdy Man by Donovan, and we'll be back with more from the Beat Generation as we explore music that changed the world and the age of Aquarius. Hi, this is Shane. And Andrew from The Bad Boys. If you're after quality, hard hitting journalism that matches four corners, news that'll keep the government and the people accountable for their actions, and current affairs that's more reliable than, well, a current affair, then then that's that's not not us. us. Bad Boys Unleashed, music, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and the only original Bad Boys news that makes 60 Minutes sound like The Muppets. Join me, him, and Bad Girl Angie for the conversation that no one wants to have, but everybody wants to hear. Bad Boys Unleashed. Subscribe for free on Apple and Spotify. This is the Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as the Beat Generation. Welcome back to The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Productions, Townsville's Triple TFM, and the Community Broadcast Association of Australia. I'm Shane Bryan, and thanks for joining us as we continue our journey into the Age of Aquarius. We're going to take a bit more of a look at the mystical influence from the 60s through to the 70s and 80s in next week's show, but it's important to realise that this was intrinsically tied to the hippie culture. Not all artists, however, were experiencing an Eastern mysticism revolution. Like many of the Beat Generation artists, and in fact, a lot of musical artists in every generation, music can be an expression of all walks of faith and belief. One band who made an impact in the 60s flower power era was People, fronted by a young Larry Norman. While the band was having major success supporting the likes of Van Morrison, The Who, The Doors, and Jimi Hendrix, Norman left the band and was involved in the beginnings of what became known as the Jesus Movement. In 1969, he created what was considered the first Christian rock album, Upon This Rock, even though at the time it was denounced by all of his religious peers. A follow-up to his first album, Only Visiting This Planet, it was an album directly aimed at the flower power, hippie and drug counterculture. Larry Norman's Righteous Rocker brought everything back to love.
2: 1972.
7: You can be a righteous rocker or a holy roller. You can be most anything. You can be a Leon Russell or a super muscle. You can be a corporate king. You can be a wealthy man from Texas. Or oh, you can be a holy prophet, get a blessing off, and you can fast for 50 days.
0: In San Francisco, the alternative lifestyle was so relevant that it became the place to be. A prolific songwriter, John Phillips, was working with the mamas and the papas and wrote two songs that became anthems during the flower power era, California Dreaming and the unofficial anthem of the Monterey Pop Festival, San Francisco. Subtitled, Be Sure to Wear Flowers in Your Hair, the artist Scott McKenzie actually did have flowers in his hair when he recorded it. The lyrics, gentle people with flowers in their hair, really represents the peaceful protest that was occurring. The other song, California Dreamin', appeared to be a song about longing to be somewhere warmer. However, there was an underlying metaphor in the song about seeking something better in terms of a new moral and cultural paradigm. Here is Scott McKenzie with San Francisco and the Mamas and the Papas with California Dreamin' on The Beat Generation.
2: 1967.
8: Yes, you yes.
2: 1966.
0: On the other side of the world away from the hippie culture of san francisco a new artist was rising up in west sussex who would have a profound impact on the peace movement having had a hit with matthew and son stephen giorgio also known to the world as cat stevens contracted a severe bout of tuberculosis the time in hospital and his close to death experience gave him the desire to re-examine his life And along with meditation, yoga, vegetarianism and metaphysics, Cat Stevens changed his musical sound, releasing Teaser and the Fire Cat, which yielded several hits, including one that has become an anthem for the peace movement, Peace Train.
2: 1971.
9: Now I've been happy lately, thinking about the good things to come. And I believe it could be something good has begun. Oh, I've been smiling lately, dreaming about the world at one. And I believe it could be someday it's going to come. i
0: that was cat stevens and peace train well rounding off the hippie era one of the greatest songs from the generation and arguably the greatest song from the beatles was a day in the life which was relevant to the age of aquarius for a number of reasons first and foremost it is littered with references to timothy leary's dropout culture with a politician blowing his mind out in the car talking about a drug trip not a suicide plus a direct reference to i'd love to turn you on The song was also the closing track on the concept album Sgt Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It changed our way of thinking about music, creating an experience rather than individual singles. Adding in experimental sounds previously tried with the White Album and establishing the Beatles as a band that was expressing themselves rather than producing music for the masses, it was an album that cemented the band deeply into the world of conscious music, starting a direction for Lennon and Harrison, in particular, to express their viewpoint in their own music and of course finishing with a tone that only dogs and cats can hear here is a day in the life
2: 1967
4: He was on the house of I saw a film today. Oh, boy. The English army had just won the war. A crowd of people turned away. But I just had to look. Having read.
8: And seconds flat Found the way upstairs and had a smoke And somebody spoke and I went into a dream
0: Well thanks for being part of the Beat Generation and the Age of Aquarius. There is one song remaining that is the flip side to the opening track Age of Aquarius. Rather than taking the hippie viewpoint, Norman Greenbaum brought everything back to belief with his song that sold 2 million copies when it was released in 1969, Spirit in the Sky. A non-practicing Jew, Greenbaum decided to reference Jesus in the song because he thought it would have more impact. Still as good as the day it was recorded, the track is the second most requested song at funerals next to Danny Boy and a song that has been re-recorded several times throughout the years by a lot of different artists, including Elton John. I'm Shane Bryan and this has been The Beat Generation. Join us next week as we take a look at the impact of mysticism in music. From gurus of the East to the bands of the West, we go into the mystic. This has been The Beat Generation. And the age of Aquarius. To finish with, here is Norman Greenbaum's Spirit in the Sky.
2: 1969